Welcome to the Ford Marketing Podcast, the podcast that covers internet marketing strategies and leadership tactics to move your business forward with your host, Joshua Jarvis. Welcome back to Ford Marketing Podcast. That's the number four, RD Marketing. You can find us online at fordmarketing.com slash podcast. That's where all the show notes will be. And today you might need it because we have a special guest. His name is Igor Gorbinka. And um, you're gonna, he's going to give you at least three lead generation tips. Now, I've been promising all year that we're going to focus on lead generation. And so uh, we've talked about how to lead generate with networking, how to lead generate with podcasts, and also how to sort of use local SEO in order to lead generate. But this episode is probably going to require you to go back and listen to several different episodes to implement some of this. However, if you do it, you'll be able to grow your sort of customer base uh, sort of exponentially or almost exponentially. So uh, Igor Gorbinka actually works for a company called NetPeak Software. And Igor, I met him in a uh, off, off of Reddit, believe it or not, in a uh, sort of a SEO Reddit. And he is a, just a digital marketer, growth hacking person, uh, really someone who sort of learned on the job. And uh, I've just been really impressed with him as I've met him. It's, he, he just uh, seems like he has a heart of a learner and he's always learning new things, always asking really smart questions. He's worked on uh, SERPstat, which is something that uh, it's like an SEO software that you might have seen uh, offered in the next web or any of those other sort of uh, services where they give you, you know, these really low cost uh, tools. And so SERPstat, uh, NetPeak software. He also runs Gorilla Hub. Uh, which is a blog where he kind of keeps some of his uh, tactics there. And like I said, he is just going to give you a wealth of knowledge. Now, warning, uh, some of the stuff he's going to talk about is going to be a little bit technical. So it's going to be a little bit like SEO 102 or Digital Marketing 102, if you will. Uh, But hang in there and then go to the show notes page. It's actually fairly simple. Anyone can do this, uh, but you just have to follow the directions. So without further ado, here is the interview. Hey everybody, I'm here with Igor and I'm so excited to have him here. Um, as you know, we sort of did a little intro for him already, but um, Igor, why don't you tell the folks a little bit yeah. about yourself? Hi everyone, uh, my name is Igor again. Joshua said it already several times. I'm a digital marketer. I've been working for uh, SEO tool providers for uh, recent last two years, even more than that. I was working for Surfstat and at the moment I'm working for Netflix software. Uh, Surfset was an all-in-one SEO tool provider, kind of a competitor to SEMrush and Ahrefs, as in we did everything from backlink analysis and keyword research to site audits and rank tracking, all of that. And Netflix Software is a desktop tool developer. We make uh, SEO crawler tool, Netflix Spider, and also bulk URL checker, that is uh, Netflix Checker. So, and my job with uh, both products, both companies is a marketing job. I do marketing for them. I did, I started as a content writer, uh, like more than three years ago at that. And from then on, I was growing within these two companies. I've had some background in e-commerce. I've known how things operate online, but most of my experience that is relevant to uh, what we're going to talk about today is coming from these companies that I've been working for, for the past two years. That's awesome. Well, uh, one of the things that's uh, that I think is interesting about your story is that the um, sort of like how you got into it. Um, one of the things that I'm I'm pretty passionate about is um, a lot of the nonprofits that we're involved in are actually 
trying to teach English to um, people in third world countries uh, so they can so they can actually better themselves. And it's interesting that you um, in your story, it kind of lines up with that, even though uh, I don't know if there's a nonprofit involved or not, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. So, that, so tell, tell everyone how you actually got into sort of the digital marketing yeah, space. Uh, basically, like the only skill I had after graduating the university was English language. That was my profession. I was an interpreter. I've studied English and German languages. And uh, in Ukraine, I'm from Ukraine and live here. In Ukraine, if you know English, you already have an upper hand for most of professions, especially professions in the new fields, such as relatively new fields, such as digital marketing, for example, SEO and everything uh, in that matter, because it's uh, a lot easier to find someone who speaks English and teach them to be a marketer than it is to find a good marketer and uh, make sure that he, he, he knows English at a level good enough to communicate with the audience abroad and deliver the messages the way they should be. So basically, when I, after uh, I worked for e-commerce project, uh, the guys I worked with, they were looking essentially for an interpreter because they had a small business and they needed someone to help them with communication. That was uh, the company was Russian. Well, company is a probably an overstatement because there were two guys at the moment when I joined. There was one developer and one manager. Then they hired me as a part-time worker and it happened to be so that it's easier for them to keep me uh, full-time and have me take care of everything from like ordering stuff, uh, delivering it, uh, finding warehouses to store. We basically did drop shipping business between China, United States and Australia. So that's where, where I was starting. And when I decided to change the profession and just go for something uh, with more structure and perspective, I started looking for what was available and I thought that marketing job was kind of interesting. I always was interested in that. Uh, we had a short course uh, at the university on marketing. I was interested in that ever since. So I decided to try myself and I went to Netflix digital marketing agency and I took a job of a copywriter or content manager as we called it because you had to do a lot more than just writing copies. It involved at the time everything from social media marketing to working on strategies. And there wasn't that many specialists who could do that, especially for a startup uh, with a low budget at the time that the service was two years ago. So there was me, I knew English and uh, I was learning everything. I was reading a lot of articles, like two articles a day on marketing, SEO, uh, context advertising, uh, all of that. Plus I, I knew HTML and CSS back then. I've, I was learning JavaScript, so I had my little background in technical stuff. And uh, that what was my platform for growing. That's uh, That was like my Kickstarter, uh, like my personal Kickstarter point. So, <laughs> well, and for anyone that's listening, you can see why I was so excited to have Igor on because, um, I mean, clearly this guy knows, I mean, he was in e-commerce. He, he told me, uh, sort of off air that, uh, he was involved in a dropship business. Um, he's been, you know, he's learned SEO, digital marketing. So when I bring someone on to give you a lead generation tip, you know, I want someone that actually knows what they're doing and Igor really does. So, um, so that's why people are listening to So, What's uh you? I know you brought some tips for me today as far as uh, how to generate leads. If I'm a small business owner, so um, tell yeah, us sure. about it. I have a few tips. I think I'll start small this time because um, uh, it will be easier to consume as I go. I'll start with small tips that you can implement straight uh, straight ahead. Just go and use them. And for the final, I'll have a larger like uh, guide or manual for you how to to generate a lot of to get a lot of relevant contacts that you can reach out to and transmit to your customers. 
and turn them into profit. So uh, some of the tips, the smaller ones that I always try to, like when I have a conversation with the marketers of different companies and we share uh, smaller tactics, I always go to a few things. One of them is working with uh, your competitors' customers who are unhappy with how they run a business. Uh, it basically boils down to monitoring mentions of your competitors, uh, their brand names or store names or website address online, similar to what Google Alert does or mention.com or notify.ly. But with one minor tweak, you have to monitor these words, the brand names, websites, and all that in combination with keywords that give away a negative tone to uh, whatever the statement you have online. Uh, we all know the words, the curse words. I will not repeat them here on this podcast, but also the words like bad, terrible, horrible, slow, unreliable, and stuff like that. So when someone on Twitter, on Reddit, uh, in their blog, leaves a comment about uh, your competitor's website or their business name, and they also use words like terrible in the same sentence, that is an indicator for you that you have a person who is very interested in products provided by your competitor that you also have and who is also unhappy with how they approach their business. And your job is to jump in and provide an alternative, be it through outreach, just uh, leaving a comment to their comment, or finding that person and sending them an email or a personal message through uh, wherever you found them, Facebook, Reddit, uh, LinkedIn, and all that. So that is a very great tip because it converts great. You will not get as many leads uh, as other tips I'm going to share, but uh, you'll have a constant uh, constant uh, thing to monitor. I'm using notify.ly. It's a bot that you can integrate to Slack. You can create a separate channel for it even and set up several bots to monitor a lot of your competitors to get more uh, notifications this way. So I set up the notification on notify.ly and whenever something like that happens online, I get notification on my cell phone. I can see what it's all about. If someone left a tweet, Sometimes the, it triggers for wrong reason. Obviously, someone can just use the word bad uh, in different contexts, for example, or um, whatever. But anyways, you have access to those people who are looking for a solution that you can provide and are looking for that solution in some place different than your competitors. Uh, we've had a lot of success with that tactic every time you reach out to someone. The least you can get is their attention. They will always be interested because they are at that stage of trying to solve the problem. They're looking for solutions. And at most, you get a sale, which, uh, as I mentioned before, the conversion rate on these leads is insanely high compared to other things that you can try. So, no, that's awesome. You know, when you first told me about this, uh, this tip, originally, I just kind of, uh, I don't know, I had like sort of tunnel vision on it and thought, okay, that's great for, you know, software as a service type, type, you know, apps and those sort of things. But um, the more the once I once you said that and I started thinking about it, I mean hotels, doctors, online dentists, stores, uh, anybody in that kind like, of uh, someone can complain yeah, about online e-commerce, Amazon, Newegg, um, anything basically any business that has online presence where people can complain about it uh, is a target, I would say. But even brick and mortar, um, where you've got a restaurant or something like that, whereas if they're making a a, a negative review on say Yelp then you could actually take that and say, hey, try, you know, you didn't like their pizza at, at such and such place. Go try, you know, try yeah, our pizza. It with a so there's offer, a, like it will give you a 10% discount on your next order with us or something like that. And you, you'll have uh, good results with it. No, that's great. I said originally, I'd, I think a lot of times if we hear some of these tips, especially if they come from uh, a digital space, 
that we think, oh, well, that only works for e-commerce or that only works for um, these app businesses. But but really, a lot of these uh, tactics can be applied. You just have to sort of think about it a little bit harder. So, th- yeah, that's an awesome yeah, tip. I totally recommend doing that to anyone in any business or at least trying to set up that monitoring project and see how the buzz online looks like for your niche. If, really, if people discuss that online, if they have that uh, going on. And again, the more competitors you add, the more keywords you monitor, the more results you'll be getting. Uh, when I was working for Surfset, we were marking like three, three competitors or so, and we weren't getting as many notifications, but it was enough. There wasn't a single yeah. one where we didn't get one. And even that one, it made a difference every week. So, uh, that's great. That's my first tip. The second tip, uh, I think I'll keep it small for now. Uh, I recommend using... Um, it's not so much for lead generation. You will not get uh, information, personal information from people like emails or names. But uh, I always saw that I always thought that a lot of marketers ignore what they can find on third-party platforms. For example, when you are hanging out on Reddit, you have a username to a person, right? You have a channel to contact that person. Uh, but people will not consider them leads until you get their email or personal information or something like that. Uh, but uh, it's worth saying that a separate line of work can be done inside that platform. I'll be using Reddit as an example because I've been working with that a lot. If you have a person who is subscribed to a relevant subreddit, for example, I'm selling uh, something like uh, drones and person is subscribed to drone, our drones or any subreddit dedicated to that subject. Uh, I, could, I can already assume that he may be somewhat interested in what I have to offer. Uh, another thing, if that person leaves a comment in that subreddit, it means that he's certainly interested in that subject, he's writing about it, he's uh, reaching out to people to discuss that matter. If he's making a post in that subreddit or if he's subscribed to more subreddits on the same same topic, that is, to me, a marketing qualified lead inside that third-party system. You will not be able to add that person to your uh, newsletter. You will not be able to gather information on how he moves throughout your website. But you can outreach to him and see what can be made out of it. So I recommend checking out places like Reddit, Quora, uh, forums, pretty much any place where users that are interested in what you have to offer hang out and where you can uh, reach out to them. And for Reddit, I have a small tip. I'm using Snoop Snoop. It's a website that gives you a lot of information on any user on Reddit. Uh, the website of that is S n-o-o-p-s-n-o-o.com you go there you enter a username and it will show you everything it knows about user based on their comment history so for example if you saw someone in your target subreddit hanging out and asking questions about business related to yours you can run them through and you can see that that person lives in uh, new york city he's interested in uh, bikes he loves certain sports teams he has a family and so on and so forth uh, all of the information that sales team go uh, through great effort to collect when they try to reach out to someone and pitch a sale. So I recommend not ignoring information you can find on other sources. Just uh, doing reach out marketing and talking to people in other places always works too. So that was my second tip. That's what's what's interesting is uh, Igor. This week we had uh, or this this past episode. Uh, or the last episode, I should say, uh, we talked about you know podcasting as a as a lead generation tip, and um, one of the things that we talked about was how being in the same community of people 
which is what you're basically saying, hey, is, is sort of interacting with the community of of clients that are or customers that that enjoy you know sort of what you do uh, is a way to generate leads. It not, may not be that very specific Reddit user, but if you're interacting with people on say Reddit and someone else comes and reads it, one of the lurkers, if you will. Uh, that could be a potential customer because you know you guys because you guys are sharing sort of in the same uh, same interest um, and sort of piggyback on what you said on the previous tip and on this one. Um, it, I have a little bit of a leadership background. One of those things that's kind of funny is that you know you could take those bad reviews. Let's say because I have a real I was a real estate agent for a long time, and so some of these tips might be you know flying over the heads of the real estate agents because we've got a lot of uh, listeners that are real estate agents, but you could actually track. Uh, the complaints and use that in your team meeting and say, see what, hear what people don't like and, and use that as a training tip. And the same thing here is um, a lot of times it's hard to have uh, that sort of wow service sometimes because you, you know, you're helping a client and we've been using forms and stuff to find out what they like. But what if you had someone like an assistant go on, on like Reddit, for instance, and use uh, Snoop Snoo to find out the things they're interested in Reddit. Maybe they're, you know, uh, Maybe they're interested, like you said, in drones, and there's some, and there may be some sort of gift that you could give that's associated with drones to surprise a client. Yeah, absolutely. Any, and any that would be information you know, that a sales team can use to create a contact between them and a client. That, that that's always a helpful thing. Oh yeah, and it's it, to me, like I said, especially the the service businesses, the financial planners, insurance agents, real estate agents, those kind of people. You know, their job really is to wow their clients, and so that's the uh, some of that could be, I mean, it may feel like a little bit like internet stalkerish, but at the same time, um, you can get some valuable information and really just sort of plus the experience. Absolutely. Yeah. It is stalking. It looks like stalking, but, uh, you take the information from open sources, you're not breaking any laws and you're making it easier for <laughs> no. both parties to participate in the process. So there's really no downside to that, I would say. Right. Okay, let's move on to... No, no, I, th I think... I think it's yeah, uh, I'll go and move on to my big tip. Uh, this one will require probably a pencil from you guys if you want to record it. Uh, this is where I will tell you how you can get a lot of contacts relevant to your business and how to reach out to them. Uh, and I'll also give you some tips on how to improve the results of your outreach campaign and how to convert those uh, prospects into your leads and close the deals properly with them. So it's, nice. it consists of several steps. Uh, the first step that would be defining where your target audience, uh, what keywords your target audience is using. So for example, if you are a real estate agent, I have never worked as a real estate agent, but I can assume that you may be interested in people who are selling or buying houses or companies who do that, selling and buying houses. And you want to reach out to people who work for companies buying or selling houses. Uh, how I would approach that? First thing you need, you will need a website crawler. Uh, no, sorry, my bad. First thing you need is a list of keywords related to buying and selling houses. So there are a number of tools you can use. There are paid tools, there are free tools. There's Google Keyword Planner where you can uh, just enter something like uh, buy any house and expand that keyword and get the list of keywords with search volumes and see if you're interested in those. But uh, I wouldn't focus too much on search volumes because you need as many keywords related to the subject as you can get. Uh, even the ones with the smaller search volumes will, will not uh, be of harm. 
because you're not building a website around them. You're using them just to find people to reach out to. Uh, so you get your keywords. Uh, and Eagle, we got we actually have a uh, uh, a great episode that goes into keyword research. Uh, that I'll link to in the show notes so that you guys, if, if you want to follow along with what Igor's telling you guys to do um, and you're kind of lost on some of these steps, each one of these steps, um, for the most part, will either have a guide in the show notes at uh, forwardmarketing.com slash podcast, or uh, there'll be a previous episode that goes in, in depth, like the keyword research in particular. That's cool. So from now on, I will assume that you have uh, listened to keyword research podcast, or if you will be lost, just go ahead and do that. <laughs> Uh, I will not tell anything complicated about keywords, just uh, keep in mind that they are there and they are necessary for this method I'm telling you about. So you have your list of keywords. Uh, second step is you need to turn those keywords into search requests. Uh, search request is whatever you type into Google. For example, you have a keyword, something like buy a house, and when you type that into Google, you see a search engine result page. You will see the page that you see every time you type something into Google. You will see a list of websites, maybe some featured snippet or video or something. So that is your result page. That result page, it has a link at the top, like any other website. Like uh, right now, you can be on the website forwardmarketing.com uh, slash page something. Not sure how the structure looks here. Uh, so... Every website, every page has a link, and Google search results page has a link too. That link looks like google.com slash keyword uh, question mark Q equals something. Let me double check. Yeah, it's google.com we'll google um, slash. And we'll put that in the podcast. Sure. Uh, Go ahead, just sorry. type in anything to Google, and you will see a link. It will look like google.com slash search question mark Q equals your keyword, and then a bunch of parameters. You don't need any of those parameters. You just need the part where it says google.com slash search question mark Q equals the keyword you want to work with. So you have your list of keywords and you want to turn those keywords into the list of URLs that look like this. Uh, the easiest way to do that, uh, maybe not the easiest, but the one I use is by using Notepad++ application. It's a free app. You can download it online for free. Um, just uh, search for Notepad++ and you will find it. It allows you to turn those keywords into URLs. And how it works is uh, you just paste the list of keywords into Notepad++. Then uh, I recommend Googling how to add text at the beginning of the line in Notepad++. You'll find a guide because if I'll start explaining, it will be a lot more complicated to comprehend. But it basically boils down to pressing Ctrl H, which is an analog to uh, find and replace function that you may have seen in Google Spreadsheet or Excel. Uh, so you use that find and replace function and you are replacing the beginning of the line with google.com slash search question mark Q equals. That will turn all of your keywords on your list into a list of links. Uh, the links to Google search engine result pages for your keywords. So that is second step, turning those keywords into uh, links that will take you to search engine result pages. Now, next step is analyzing those search engine result pages and see what websites uh, there are. Uh, you can do that manually. You can go and visit every link or for that matter, you can type in every keyword in the list manually. But if, if you have more than like 20 keywords, uh, that is time consuming. And I want you to gather as much keywords as you can. The more you have, the better it is, the more results you will get. So next step is web scraping. Web scraping is basically a process of using a tool. There are a number of tools 
such as Netflix Spider, uh, Deep Crawl, Screaming Frog, that fetch information from pages you are browsing online. Uh, we are working on Netflix Spider tool. It has custom search feature and has two weeks free trial. So if you want to use this method, that's the thing I would go with because you can use it for two weeks and you will need it for one day only for this method. Um, so here's how it goes. You uh, upload that list of URLs that you have just generated in Notepad++ into Netflix Spider tool or any other crawler, and you set it up to fetch the website addresses from those pages. Uh, it may require some playing with it. I recommend contacting the support. If you're using Epic Spider, just open the support chat and tell them, hey guys, I was listening to podcast with Igor and he said I can use Epic Spider to get uh, website addresses by the list of URLs and they will just uh, set it up for you or, or show you how to do that. Because again, explaining it on podcast is a bit hard. It's better to watch a video or a step-by-step -step guide or something like that. But it's nothing complicated. It basically goes down to highlighting the website on the page, uh, right-clicking on it, copying its XPath or CSS selector or uh, regular expression that it has, and then just pasting that to search parameters on Epic Spider. It may sound scary, but it really isn't. You don't have to be a developer. You don't have to know how websites work even. You just have to be able to use a mouse and follow simple instructions. Um, and I mean, the easy button really, Igor, is what, like you said, contact, support. Um, so if we've got someone listening, uh, I think I have your permission to say this, Igor, that if they uh, if they had their list of keywords and they need help creating those um, those sort of search queries, that they could send that over to the support and they'd, they'd help yes. them out? They can contact the support and explain okay. what uh, problem they're trying to solve, what they want to do. And our support team will be happy to help. It's an online chat. You won't have to wait for two days to get response. Uh, just type in your message and someone will uh, reply as soon as they can, usually within a few minutes. Uh, so that is the next step. You are crawling those URLs, those search engine result pages that you have generated, and you are downloading all of the websites that rank on the first page for the keywords on your list. So, for example, if you have 100 keywords, you will get 10 websites for every keyword. So that will make it uh, 1,000 websites. Some of them will be duplicates. So one website will rank for like 10 keywords from your list or 20 or 50, whatever. Uh, you remove the duplicates, you are still left with, let's say, 500 websites. Uh, it takes less time to do that than it took me to explain everything, to be honest. Uh, so <laughs> it's, not, it's not a long passing uh, process. So you have your list of websites. Next step is getting in touch with people who work there because you already know that these websites are related to whatever you want to accomplish, to your business. And people who work for those websites, who are related to them, are, uh, an important, are important to your business. Let's put it that way. And if you want to uh, close the deal with them, you have to contact them. There are a few ways you can go about that. One is longer mail, but provides better results. That is going to LinkedIn, uh, using probably LinkedIn premium account, finding people who work for these companies, seeing which person exactly is more relevant to whatever you're trying to accomplish. If, is he on sales team or is he on his uh, management team or whatever it is, and uh, just working with that person. Uh, it's manual labor. You will have to have marketers or have to spend some time on that, sending out all those messages, especially if you have a lot of people there. But it works and gives good results. Second uh, way you can go about that is uh, automated. It doesn't provide as good of the results as manual work, 
but it allows you to go through thousands of contacts a lot faster. So the first step here is using tools like Hunter.io. They will get you a list of emails for the list of websites you provide. So you just paste the list of websites to Hunter.io and it will search the web for email addresses with that website extension. If someone somewhere used uh, an email with, uh, uh, for example, something like uh, jeff at amazon.com and that email is somewhere online, they will show you that here's Jeff's email, he works at Amazon, you may want to reach out to them. If there are more emails for Amazon, they will show you a list of those emails and you can contact people who work at Amazon. Uh, very important to understand that you don't want to break the CIN spam act by sending out cold emails and uh, lucky, luckily cold emails are actually allowed under that can, uh, can spam act and you can send them out and make, do your business online. A uh, few things I want to point out to make sure when you are writing an email to a person, uh, cold email, you, and you, you don't want to break any rules. Uh, something to pay attention to is one, your emails must include the address of your business, actual address, physical address. It can be a PO box too, but something that uh, indicates how they can reach out to you uh, via regular mail. That is a requirement that uh, sometimes people forget about or just don't know about. So that's important to know. And uh, another thing is obviously your email must be unique. You cannot just send the same email to 1,000 person people. Uh, but I'll explain how to solve this problem in a bit with automation. And that's probably it. The rest is obvious. Just don't make it spammy. Don't just send one link. Don't use words such as uh, best deal, download for free and stuff like that because your emails will end up in a spam folder. Uh, just write an email as the one you would write to someone you barely know. As I like to go about explaining the process to our content marketers, if you want to write an outreach email to someone, pretend that you have met that person at a conference. Someone introduced you, you had a brief chat for a minute or so. You don't know them too well, but you have kind of contacted them and you want to reach out to them. That is the tone you want to keep when writing that email. Not too formal, but again, not a robotic one. Uh, so here's how you automate well, well, this is great. Let me, uh, so let's just recap real quick uh, because it, you know, it does get kind of, uh, as you, as you're listening to it, it probably can bog you down a tad. Um, but really, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You get the keyword list, uh, and you can stop me Igor, if I'm, if I'm telling us, telling something wrong, um, make the, the keywords into a Google search query. Uh, you take that query and then you put it into a spider like neck peak spider and get all of the search results. I get a list of those. The real purpose of that is to get uh, really just, I guess, the domains so that you have something to put into um, something like Hunter.io. And um, really for the whole purpose, you're doing all of this to build a list so that you can uh, create uh, basically a cold email uh, campaign. And, um, you know, a lot of businesses do cold calling to generate business. And so this is another way that you could add uh, this cold email to your sort of tool belt, if you will, um, I see a lot of applications for business to business, uh, particularly if you're looking for uh, certain types of people inside of the business. Um, but Igor, where, where have you seen this to be successful at before you before you make it super easy and tell them the automation skill on this thing? Uh, what where have you seen this work really well? Uh, I've only used it for outreach campaigns for content marketing. We were contacting bloggers who wanted to okay. write about Surfstat at the time to promote the product. 
those were people who we didn't have any previous contacts with and we had to go through great effort to find blogs that uh, were fitting our requirements because they have at least some visitors to their blog like every month, at least 10,000 that blog should be about SEO or digital marketing and all that. So we had more parameters to analyze and then we've just created uh, outreach campaigns in reply.io, a tool that I'm going to tell about in a minute and what it does. And we're getting quite the impressive results from it. Uh, the least you can get from it is uh, making people reply to you. Because uh, that already is a big step. If people reply to you and they say if they are interested or not and say why not, uh, then you can start a conversation if they're feeling like, if they didn't just tell them, message me again. Uh, but that builds, builds a relationship and gives you someone to work with. Not, if, if not right now, then uh, in some time. So that's what we were doing. And also, as you have just said about uh, cold calling, I had uh, like a brief uh, enlightening, enlightening moment here. I realized that you can, if you want to do, you, you want to go with cold calling, you can again collect the list of uh, websites and then uh, instead of finding email addresses for them through Hunter.io or whatever, uh, you can go and uh, upload that list of websites to Netflix Spider again, but this time change settings to look for phone numbers on the website. You have, you'll have to use uh, regular expressions with uh, certain parameters there. For example, just uh, look for text that starts with a plus and contains digits and stuff like that. Uh, again, you can contact our support. They have all of these uh, uh, parameters uh, present saved. They, they can help you with it, but you can just download list of numbers from those websites along with uh, website name, name, website address, brief description of a page. So basically create a spreadsheet for you for your uh, outreach uh, uh, like campaign SDRs or whoever does the cold calling and provide them with a list of relevant companies with their phone numbers and brief descriptions so they can go on about it. Uh, that's another thing you can use the web crawling for as a sub. Oh, nice. Right. So uh, let's get back to the last step, the one that will improve your outreach campaign and turn it uh, into an actual campaign rather than just sending emails to people at random. Uh, we are using reply.io tool. Uh, it's an email marketing tool, but it's not the one like uh, MailChimp or SendPulse or GetResponse. It's focused around sending out personalized emails to your prospects that you have just found. How it works is you create a present for an email. For example, hi, name. This is Igor from Serpstat. I was checking out company. Uh, website and I decided we should cooperate or something like that. You have those expressions that can be substituted for words from your uh, list of companies. So instead of first name, it will be a name of the person or if no name was available, it will be, hey guys, or hey fellows, hello people, whatever. Uh, instead of the company, you'll have the company name. Instead of the website, you'll have the website address or link. Basically you create presets uh, like that. And whenever emails are sent out, everything is uh, set up in a way that people receive personalized email. But that's not the best part. Email personalization is a common thing. The best part is that you can create a chain of emails. And you can send out three, four emails. I recommend sending three or four. You can send out even 10 if you want uh, with an interval of uh, whatever you want. We used 
uh, we were sending out three emails uh, once every two to three days. Uh, one email once every three days, uh, the chain of three emails. If uh, you send the first email to someone and he doesn't respond, he will get the second email three days later. If he doesn't respond again, he will get this third letter uh, two days later. Uh, if he doesn't respond, he will not receive any other emails. Uh, if he does respond, the manager takes on from there and gives the conversation. So the first email is the brief, short introduction email. Hey, this is Igor. Uh, I'm from this company. I was checking out your website. Let's uh, cooperate or let's do this thing. Or like, let's sell houses to together, whatever. Uh, brief uh, email without any details. Uh, I recommend not including any links to that email to make sure you can pass through all of the spam filters and all that. And again, not using any uh, beat up phrases like uh, probably even cooperation should not be the best choice. Just uh, a natural, simple email that you will send out to people, the first email they will receive. If they do not respond, the second email will be uh, expanded version. You can include some links, you can include your offer, you can just uh, have some bullet points of what you want to accomplish and how you're going to do that. Just uh, an explanation of what you want from them so they can decide if they want to work with you or not. And the starting email mm -hmm. they receive is, again, the shorter version uh, with some points. It's a reactivation email. Basically, hey, did you receive my first two emails? I was offering you this, this, and that. Uh, do you think we can just work with it? Or if not, I'll stop sending you emails. Uh, sometimes our sales team sends the fourth email. Uh, they send four emails. The fourth email is usually something like, uh, can you at least uh, give us a hint if you're alive or not? Like, uh, just send us uh, <laughs> a letter A if you are not interested. Send us letter B if you are interested but currently busy. Send us letter C if you are stuck under a tree and want us to send help or something like that. Uh, that last email uh, sometimes give, gives great results, like with a bit of humor there. People send stuff like, yeah, I'm stuck under a tree, but uh, I'm not interested in your business. Sometimes people just uh, have a laugh and continue with the conversation and some people get pissed. Uh, that's uh, always the case. Whatever you do, someone will always get mad at you, no matter what you do. Uh, oh, that's right. true. So that is what we use reply.io for. And the best thing is you have all of the analytics for it. You can see which emails were opened the most, which emails uh, bounced, which emails received the most replies. So as the time goes, you can tweak your emails in a way to get the best possible results. We were getting great results. Well, this was... Uh... Oh, yeah, sorry, I just wanted ahead. to share some digits uh, as for results we were getting with Reply at Surfstat. The, so, like, uh, the best campaigns we had, they had like 78 or so percent open rate and up to 40%, 35-38% reply rate. Uh, so that was... Whoever worked with email marketing, they should know that that is an outstanding result. The... 78% open oh, rate yeah. is insane. Like, and that was done through sending like four emails instead of one email to every person. All of the emails are personalized. Uh, they have, you can set up, uh, you, you can basically fetch any information into email. You want to use company or name. Okay, that's the basic stuff. Uh, you can use addresses. You can use phone numbers. Uh, you can use pet names. Basically, any custom information you want to add to your email, you can do that to make that as personalized as possible. No, that's great. That's um, I think maybe uh, maybe even another episode on just sort of email marketing might be in order if you're getting that kind of results. Uh, and we've had an action-packed episode today. Um, you've gotten 
two or three uh, great lead generation tips. You've gotten some uh, automation tips all in here. Uh, Igor, before we go, I always like to ask uh, all, the, all the guests, uh, what is sort of one of the things that you've learned from uh, a mistake that maybe you've made? I always feel like uh, when I fail, I learn the most. So what's something that maybe you failed at or made a mistake on that you learned the most yeah. from? Uh, luckily, didn't have any personal fails, but we had a lot of mistakes as a company as a whole. Like uh, some channels weren't working and we were spending too much time on them or doing things in the wrong way and stuff like that. Basically, we even participated in a local conference where you share your screw-ups. We had what to share there. Uh, but the main outtake from all of those mistakes we did, I would say, is analyzing. Uh, you have to analyze everything you do. Because if you do something, especially for a small company or a young company with uh, like hot heads, people just go about doing stuff like, hey, let's try this, let's do this. I think we can get some leads here. I think we can get some leads there, sell, sales there and stuff like that. And if you don't analyze those channels that you work with, uh, you can just uh, don't bother, I would say. You never know what works and what doesn't work. Uh, if you're using last-click attribution model in Google Analytics and you see that email uh, like newsletters give you more sales than uh, outreach campaigns, uh, but that's not always the case. The more analytics you have, the more things you analyze, the more valuable data, data you get. Uh, there is a reason companies like uh, SimilarWeb or uh, WordStream charge people insane amounts of money to provide analytics results from their own like platforms because that those pieces of data can show you so much and can tell you how to improve your process and get money more money make more sales uh within like a week's worth of work uh so that would be like my biggest mistake and my biggest advice to anyone doing business online is just analyze everything uh See, if, if you think that you are analyzing, again, let's go back to that last click attribution model. If you think that you're analyzing your sales and you are using last click or second last click attribution, that is not analytics uh, that uh, you should be using. There's uh, multi-level attribution models in play. Uh, you, you have to track like everything people do on your website. Did they come from this source? Then they can visit from another source. Then they can log in from the third source. Then they can go to the basket from email and they can close the sale from uh, just visiting your website directly. Doesn't mean that direct visit uh, is the best core conversion. No, because a lot of factors are in play. And the more you know, the better you can make your business. The better you can make it work. That's how I'll put it. I think the key, though, is uh, particularly with analytics, is it's kind of twofold. It's one one side of it is is that you don't want to get analysis paralysis, you know, by looking at so many details. But at the same time, um, you're in good company. You know, Peter Drucker said you can't manage what you what you can't measure. And if you don't have a, a measurement of of anything, like even using a a, a poor analytical uh, like you were talking about the, the sort of a poor attribution uh, it's still better than maybe nothing because at least you've got something to measure and build off of versus ha having no like you know people who do uh, paper click campaigns but they don't actually measure it they have no idea if they're doing good or bad uh, in the end of the day and so um i mean that's great advice and that's Absolutely. the reason why we asked that question because and we learned so much on the yeah. analysis paralysis because yeah that's something i forgot about but yeah that's an important thing uh, just measuring things doesn't do the job. So it has to be a good combination of both performance and uh, analytics. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, I've, I've had a, just a blast talking with you um, and and getting to know you at uh, Big SEO Red uh, on the Big SEO Slack thing. And um, so tell tell everyone that's listening how they can get in touch with you and how they could follow you uh, and learn more about what you know sure, what you're absolutely. doing. Absolutely. If you want to get in touch and uh, get any help, uh, I'm always happy to provide you guys with guidance. You can find me hopefully by googling Igor Gorbenko. That's my first name and last name. Uh, if that doesn't work because there's a hockey coach, a famous one with the same name, unfortunately, you can always Google something like Igor Sorbstad or Igor Netbig Software or by going to my website, gorillahub.com or by finding me on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at di underscore ry and uh, it shouldn't be a problem finding me. You can bother Joshua for my contacts. Uh, I give him permission yes. to uh, give my contacts to anyone who contacts him about that. So if you have any questions to me, just go ahead and uh, reach out and keep in touch. I'll, yeah, I'll definitely put your details on the show notes. Again, that's going to be on uh, forwardmarketing.com slash podcast uh, where all the episode show notes are. And, um, I think I'll leave your email out though, cause everyone that's going to be wanting to do this, uh, this net peak, uh, test is going to be grabbing your email and sending you these reply, yeah. <laughs> these reply.io yeah, emails. So, but, uh, but I appreciate you coming on and I hope this was valuable to our listeners and, um, look forward to, uh, like I said, maybe having you back sometime in the future to, to either follow up or, uh, uh see what else sure. you're up to. That will be a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope it was helpful. And thank you, Joshua, for hosting me and for creating these podcasts. I think I'll go and listen to a few episodes myself now. <laughs> My pleasure. All right. Thank thanks, you. Have a great day. Bye.